0: just go to cars.com. It's magical.
1: You are now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. Happy Halloween. Happy November. It is week eight in the books of the NFL. Another wild week. The Patriots got away with a win, beat the Jets on the road, which is always fun, improved to 4-4. and The AFC East is the only division in football right now where no team has a losing record. That vaunted AFC East magic is alive in full swing. I am Alex Shane here with my good buddy Rich Hill Breaking down whatever pass for a football game between the
0: Patriots <laughs> and the Jets on Sunday. Rich, how you doing, man? How was your Halloween? Uh, it was good. It was good. It was uh, not as scary as watching the Patriots' offensive line against the Jets, um, but it was a pretty good Halloween. It was pretty good. Uh, how was yours? It was all
1: right. We ran out of candy at about 7.30 because we grossly underestimated how many kids there were. <laughs> so when that ran out, we just went inside and hid and locked the doors, hope our house didn't get egged, which it did not. So I'm happy yeah. to repeat that. But I'm with you. A pretty scary week in the NFL for the Patriots. But before we do that, I want to go around the league really quickly, Rich, because some games happened this week that absolutely blew my mind. I don't know if you watched anything besides the Patriots and the Jets, but there were some ridiculous results the Browns beat the crap out of the Bengals, yep. which I did not see coming. The 49ers beat the crap out of the Rams. The game of the year happened that we all saw coming. Falcons-Panthers. Yep. I'm not sure you caught that game, Rich. That fourth quarter. And overtime and a, a celebration penalty for the extra point. And then another miss, just a crazy, crazy ending. Dolphins-Lions was a barn burner. The Cowboys hung 49 on the same Bears that ran all over the Patriots. The Eagles are still undefeated. The Saints shut out the Raiders. Just another crazy week that once again hammered home. No one knows anything.
0: Yeah, totally. And like Geno Smith has the Seahawks rolling. Uh, had a, a great game against the Giants, who are both like surprisingly doing well this year. Uh, and I think we would be remiss not to at least acknowledge the Bucs are three and five. Tom Brady is two games below 500 this, at this point in the year for the first time ever. Uh, that's Wild. Uh, they're struggling I don't know like he's probably got to have so much regret for coming out of retirement for this year um, but it's a pretty wild year and, and I would say one number or maybe one team record that really really surprised me uh, the Titans sitting at five and two somehow on a five game winning streak with their only two losses against the six and two Giants and then the the six and one Bills uh, are the Titans good or what's going on here
1: Again, Rich, I'm going to repeat what I repeated a couple weeks ago. There are two good teams in the NFL, and they're the Chiefs and the Bills. Then there are 30 teams that are kind of bad and kind of good and can beat anybody by 30 and lose to anybody by 30, and there's no way to predict anything that's going to happen. I am never gambling on any football game this season because there's just no way to predict any of it. It's a pretty fun, objectively enjoyable season because there's just no rhyme or reason to it, and any game, no matter how boring it seems on paper, could be an absolutely lightning thing to watch. Again, case in point, Falcons-Panthers, that would be the game of the year if that was like Mm Chiefs-Bills or bucs Ravens. If that had happened with two more relevant teams, that'd be a the game of the year running away. But since it happened between two kind of relevant teams, it didn't really matter. <laughs> good enough for the Patriots, too, because they had that Panthers pick. So the more games the Panthers lose, the better off we're going to be. But case in point, another game that went well for the Patriots, but wasn't exactly uh, enjoyable to watch at any capacity was this Jets game. Uh, Patriots came into the Jets stadium. They got out of there with a 22-17 win. Mm-hmm. wasn't that close. That garbage time TD made it seem a lot closer than it was. But yep. I don't know about you, Rich. I walked away from the Packers' overtime loss feeling better about the Patriots than I did walking away from this in-division win
0: against a team on the road with uh, above five hundred record. I agree. I agree. And I I think it's because to me, at least it feels like the team has regressed so much on offense. And I know that they had their good games against the two worst defenses of the in the league with the Lions and the Browns. But like, what's going on here? You look at what is the Patriots offense doing? The offensive line, total disaster. Absolutely terrible. Uh, They're dealing with injuries at wide receiver. Yes, Devontae Parker left after just one snap with a knee injury that is likely to keep him out next week against the Colts. Hopefully he'll return after the bye. But you can't tell me that the Patriots are coming out here and targeting Jacoby Myers in the running backs 22 out of 35 times and that that's exactly what you wanted to do, that's 63% of your passes going to just Myers and your running backs. That's not diversity of, of passing to make you succeed. And yes, Stevenson doing a great job, but it, in my mind, uh the offensive line has been a total disaster over the past couple of weeks. And if the offensive line cannot fix that, its problems, this offense is going to continue to look so middling where – Uh, the team will just continue to stall because the fact that Nick Folk had to kick five field goals, including four over 40 yards and one over 50 yards, that just indicates that this offense is not able to finish. And that has been the problem for this entire Patriots team since Rob Gronkowski left.
1: It's so frustrating too, because I know this is going to sound like really brilliant analysis for yours truly, but like if they could just score touchdowns on the drive instead of kicking field goals, I mean, how amazing would it be if Matt Jones could engineer these 13, 14, 15 play 70 yard drives that eat up eight minutes a clock that end in a touchdown, I mean, that mm-hmm. is winning formula, but instead, he engineers these 13, 14, 15 play, eight minute drives that end in field goals consistently, and that is the definition of a solid Patriots drive is a Nick Folk field goal attempt from like the 30, 32 yard line. That's kind of what we come to expect. Anything beyond that is a nice little bonus. This office doesn't scare anybody. And what's concerning to me, Rich Hill, is that they just didn't have any kind of consistency or identity or rhythm. You don't see one play building off of the other. You don't see any cohesiveness. It's almost like they're just like picking plays at random. It's like, let's just try this one now and see if this one works. I just don't really know. Maybe it is, maybe to your point, maybe the offensive line is the linchpin of this whole thing. And once they get that fixed, if they get that fixed, everything else will fall into place. But it's really scary to see a quarterback like Mac Jones, who's still kind of having a up and down year to be generous, struggles so much to move the ball through a combination of offensive line play or lack thereof and his own poor decision-making. And it's just with the, the teams coming up against this team after the buy, uh, it doesn't leave me
0: overly optimistic for how the team's going to finish out. Yeah, totally. And like, I'm, I'm willing to give uh, Mac Jones a big pass, For this one, because in my mind, this was the worst offensive line play by the Patriots that we've seen in many years. Like, I I might not make the full claim since like, what, 2014, 2015 under Guglielmo, but like, this was ghastly. And I'm going to throw out three stats that emphasize how much the offensive line struggled. 41% was the rate that Mac Jones was under pressure when he was dropping back 41. That's almost half of the times that Mac Jones stepped back to throw the ball. He was under pressure. And that was the highest of his entire career. And when you look at the interception, that was just pressure around the edge as Mac Jones was throwing like, at the end of like a three-step drop, it was not like he was holding on to the ball or anything like that. It was just like in the natural flow of the play, the pressure got there so quickly. And part of that was, you know, James Ferentz stepping in for David Andrews and Cole Strange struggling and then pulling him to put in Isaiah Wynn at guard. And just like, it was not a good offensive line play. And Mac Jones faced so much pressure as a result of it. That's stat number one. Stat number two, Ramondre Stevenson, 0.1% yards per carry before contact that's he was barely getting to the line of scrimmage before he was getting hit. And that's the lowest rate of his entire career, which means that the offensive line was not only struggling against the pass; They had their worst day of the past couple of years against the run or for the run. That was terrible. And the third one, uh, 5.0, which was the average depth of target for Jacoby Myers who had his 12 targets. That was the lowest distance of his entire career, minimum of four targets. That means that the Patriots couldn't protect Mac Jones. They couldn't block the run. And they were requiring their number one target just to like go a hair past the line of scrimmage so Jones could just dump off the ball. And that's why Jones and the Patriots entire offense just went through Myers and Stevenson because they just couldn't rely on their offensive line. And I don't see the cavalry coming for this offensive line other than, you know, David Andrews returning, which is like great, but this wasn't like the first time. And I, I have to hope that something can change because they've been rotating at right tackle this whole year. There's no faith in Isaiah Wynn. Uh, Trent Brown has had an up and down year. who has been reliable. Cole Strange, up and down rookie year. And, and I, I think unless this offensive line fix itself, we're going to be seeing a lot more checkdowns and a lot more passes to Myers for the rest of the year.
1: I think it was 2015. I could be hazy in my, my Patriots history, but the, when the Patriots were struggling with the offensive line, they relied very heavily on Julian Edelman with those quick release passes, a lot of bubble screens to receivers, quick slants. There's a lot of ways they were they were able to scheme around the offensive line being weak and not giving Tom Brady enough time to throw. And it worked. Obviously, it's Tom Brady and it's not Mac Jones. But I have to feel like with the weapons they have, there has to be some way – to scheme these guys open quickly or, or, or execute plays that exploit the
0: weaknesses of the offensive line in the way that page can do it now, or, or they still have the personnel to make that happen. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like they do have some of the personnel, but it's not great. Uh, I, I think you look at some of the, the options that they could do. Like I love the idea of having like tight ends in the backfield to have like chip and then leak out. Um, but I, I think, if I have to take one positive or like one like path forward that they have from it, it's that they at least made an adjustment. Um, like like there, there, there is a world where the Patriots could have just said, all right, Mac uh, keep trying to sling it. Um, but you, you look at how he was playing and like, it, it was very clear that the Patriots were like, Oh, okay. We, we can't do that. Um, we We can't just have you keep on dropping back and like just having pressure in your face. He was throwing four point yards, down the field uh, at every turn, which was his second lowest of his entire career. Uh, Only one lower being against the Jets in New York last year, Um, but in his second career start. And so it was very clear that the Patriots said, all right, uh, the Bailey Zappy offense—that is what you're going to be doing. <laughs> and Like, I appreciate that they made that adjustment. I'm going to acknowledge and and say that like, okay, they they did it as opposed to what they've done in the past, where if the Patriots are struggling, they'll just say chuck it deep and make a prayer. Uh, and so they made the the more sustainable solution. Um, but this is only enough to keep pace against teams with really bad offenses, and not against any of the teams that are actually going to make the postseason.
1: Yeah, I mean, this Patriots team, I've said it many times now, I I, if I think we're going to look back on this Jets game. If the Patriots are able to sneak into the playoffs, as I've been saying again all year, I think everyone's going to go 9-8, and eight and teams are going to get in, teams are not. I think right now, Patriots are one spot out of playoff contention. So they're yep. number nine seed right now. So they're still very much in the postseason conversation, and a lot can happen between now and the end of December. But if the Patriots are to make the playoffs, this season will, I think, have been changed and saved by a correct but... Just the way it is now it wouldn't used to be the call, but that roughing the passer call that negated the pick six because yep. that basically changed the game from a six to 10 halftime deficit from a 17 to three halftime deficit. And there's no way yep. this yep. team will ever come back at any point against any team. Down 17 <laughs> <to three. laughs> Not it's going to happen. There's no way. Once it's a 10 to nothing or a 10 point swing, the game is over the Patriots. they have to keep it at least a one score game or they're not gonna be able to do anything good news is the defense can keep them in games the defense continues to play well they had a pretty solid game against the jets uh, obviously jack wilson did the Patriots tons of favorites or he will ever have an easier pick than the one uh, or two his second, his, yeah or two his second pick of the day that was also launched him into the he now has the most picks of any active player so congrats to him for that so zach wilson obviously is just not A quarterback who is able to beat the patriots and he did not play well the defense was good but again you can't rely on three picks and two of which are gimmies every single week to stay in games
0: oh totally totally and and uh they played well i mean the patriots did win this one running away uh but it was due to the offense you know like or due to the defense i mean they were up 22 to 10 so two score games down to like after the two minute warning like the there was like 100 yards through the air that zach wilson picked up on that final drive that was like all right that sucks for the stat sheet but like it's not going to change the game here um and so what did the patriots defense do well they stopped the run uh fortunate i mean the the jets were without their starting running back brees hall torn acl and so michael carter and james robinson uh and then they threw in ty johnson a little bit as well but like their rushing attack had nothing going The Patriots did a great job stifling them. They averaged 3.4 yards per carry on the day, uh, had a long of only 11 yards. And so the Patriots did a great job of forcing the Jets to have to rely on Zach Wilson to win. And for the first half, it looked like they might be able to pull that off. Garrett Wilson field, uncoverable uh, Tyler Conklin, who is a tight end. Um, I don't know if anyone had really heard of him uh, before this year. <laughs> I would have been surprised if anyone had said that. I know that he had like a reasonably productive game for uh season for the, the Vikings last year before the jets uh, signed him. He had almost 600 yards and three touchdowns, but like, He's not going to be one of those tight end names that everyone's like, oh, wow, that's Ty Conklin. You got to make sure you cover him. Um, But without Kyle Duggar, the Patriots had to rely a lot on both Joshua Bledsoe uh, as well as Jabril Peppers uh, and and even a a little bit of Adrian Phillips to cover Conklin. And Conklin seemed uncoverable. Garrett Wilson found the soft spot in the zones often. It felt like he took a lot of Jalen Mills' money home. Um, And so uh, to me, the Patriots were able to secure it because the Jets were uh, not able to sustain that offense, where they had you know the fifty four yarder to Garrett Wilson. Tyler Conklin seemed uncoverable. Uh, but did the Patriots make adjustments, or did the the jets start getting sloppy? and it, that felt more like the the jets started getting sloppy than the Patriots making any real adjustments uh, in the defensive side.
1: I mean, to your point, you kind of look back at other games this season the Patriots have played in, and it's been very consistent. They, their their defensive strategy seems to be basically like a, a like a three yard run on first down. Maybe you break it up, or you sack them on second down to set up like third and sixteen. Give up fifty five yards on third and sixteen. Yeah, um, you know, first and ten comes second and six becomes third and eight first down 17 yard gain. that's kind of how they seem to be, be be operating and it's it's relying on them on other teams not being able to gain those chunk plays consistently which is a, a good strategy because no team can gain chunk plays consistently it's wildly yep. frustrating to watch yep. as a fan when you've got a you've got them pinned back on their own eight yard line and it's third and 24 and all of a sudden it's first and goal <laughs> but you know i don't think eventually a, a team's going to be able to to kind of, Kind of fizzle out in that, and one one thing that I'm going to continue harping on is just the Patriots really really struggle against mobile quarterbacks. Zach Wilson did a phenomenal job. Probably the only thing he did really well yesterday was escaping pressure and continuing the play. Uh, luckily for us, when he continued the play, he threw it to Devin McCourty instead of the receivers. But There are a lot of mobile quarterbacks. This league is getting much more athletic at the quarterback position. And I don't know if it's just a a lack of athletic ability because how many people can really compete with a guy like Justin Fields or Josh Allen Mm -hmm. versus Bill Belichick coming up in an NFL where there were more Drew Bledsoe's than there were Patrick Mahomes. And you, you didn't have to worry about the quarterback running for 30 yards at a clip. And I don't know if it's an adjustment they just can't make or it's just a talent thing they have to worry about in the off season. If it's like a linebacker uh, issue, I of the linebackers are probably one of the weaker units on the field in terms of the, like the pure linebackers. But that is a concern for this season and seasons beyond because I don't
0: think the quarterbacks are going to get more and more athletic. Yeah, totally. And like, I feel like the linebackers, uh, Juwan Bentley had himself a day, uh, but I think what the Patriots really wanted to do and like they succeeded in it is brought in like their, their safety defense, to be mm-hmm. honest, like, uh, you you look at who lined up for them. Adrian Phillips played eighty snap or eighty percent of the snaps. Real peppers played seventy percent of the snaps. McCourty played one hundred percent of the snaps. Like, the Patriots wanted to be uh, fast on the defensive side. They needed to be flexible out there, and like they pulled it off. Um, and, but I I think that it came at the.
1: This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito Lay. Just go to frito No
0: purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void or prohibitive. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito I think it's kind of like expense of the linebacker position, um, but like they were able to stop the run. So like I, I feel like it was one where the Patriots are showing that like, do they need the linebackers to to really uh, be a core part of this defense strategy against these more athletic quarterbacks and like once the patriots get a lead this is their sweet spot like this team is built to take the lead to play from the front and like it masks so many of their shortcomings on defense when they have that lead where they can rely on those defensive backs um but yeah i mean like th- this is a team that <sighs> they have their very obvious warts this is a patriots team offense and defense where like that offense is never going to come back from a 10 point lead and then this is a defense that like I only feel confident about when they have a ten-point lead. Like I don't, I don't expect them to make the like regular stops unless they're able to pin their ears back, uh, because I don't think they have the type of defense to win grinded-out drives. Because I don't think they have those types of players. Um, but fortunately, this was just like a a perfect merger of the Patriots being able to pull away, uh, thanks to Nick Folk. <laughs> where would they be without him uh, having, you know, obviously Jacoby Myers got a touchdown on the opening drive of the second half, which felt great. Um, but then the Patriots had three field goal drives uh, that from uh, Nick Folk almost in a row, they had one three and out in between there, but you know, that was a situation where the offense just couldn't do anything. And the Patriots really benefit from uh, just really poor play by the jets. Uh, you know, they started on the jets 27 yard line, thanks to a great, uh, I believe that was a great return Uh, from uh, Marcus Jones, and the other one was after an interception where they only gained like four yards. Um, But no thanks to the offense where they gained a total of four yards on those two drives. They were uh, still able to put up six points. Uh, And without Nick Folk, this game is an entirely different story.
1: No, it is. No, your kicker should never be your your biggest offensive weapon. Uh, It's just not really the case. We're nine weeks in, and I'm pretty sure Jacoby Myers is the leading receiving touchdown guy with three uh, it just isn't really the way it's supposed to be. Myers was never a, a red zone threat and he's still not a red zone threat. I mean, it's not what they, they do. Uh, you know, you, you see the Patriots, they'll see on like second and goal, they'll throw these like corner routes and fade routes that just fail so spectacularly because there's just nobody to make that kind of a play. And they basically need a kind of goal line rush from Ramondre Stevenson or like a, what we saw against the Browns where Jacoby Myers is kind of running down the flat wide open and they score a touchdown you really can't settle for field goals anywhere, especially when you get down into the red zone. Uh, the Patriots killed the clock really well. They're able to move the ball really well. I think Mac Jones has very good vision. I still think he's a good quarterback. I still think he's the answer. I don't think there's any kind of quarterback controversy. I just want to see the offense gain some more consistency. And maybe when David Andrews comes back, They have the bye week coming up. They have a pretty weak opponent in the Colts coming up this Sunday, though I'm not going to say anything too much because you and I both thought the Bears would be a walkover, and Mm -hmm. you never know with this league anymore. So um, the bottom line is they're at 500. They beat a divisional opponent. They hold a tiebreaker over the Jets. They're still very much in the playoff conversation. And I do think, I, I legitimately think the pieces are in place to make a it make some noise in the postseason. I have no delusions of a deep playoff run or Super Bowl appearance this season, and that's fine. But mm-hmm. I can see them making the playoffs and maybe getting a win in the in the wild card round, going on the road in the divisional round. I can see that as probably the ceiling for this team if they can just shore up the offensive line, if they can get the receivers more involved. And they can stop relying on Ramondre Stevenson and Jacoby Myers to do everything. Like, again, th- th- there is enough talent to make that happen because the league is bad enough this year. The Patriots are definitely a playoff caliber team in 2022. It's just, can they all put it together? And maybe with the
0: Colts and the bye coming up, this would be the two week stretch. They can really figure that out. Totally. Yeah. I agree with that. And like, if they go into the bye with a winning record, that's fantastic. Yep. That's like all you can really ask for here. Uh, and then as for like the playoff run. Yeah. I mean, w- something that we keep talking about is that like, other than the bills and probably the chiefs i could see the patriots going toe-to-toe with everyone like maybe like the ravens are slightly better but i could see the patriots winning like one out of three games like it's not like a coin flip but like i wouldn't be surprised if they're able to beat baltimore it would be buffalo and the chiefs i'd be like oh my gosh they did what (laughs) so it's really a matter of like can the patriots get the five seed (laughs) if they can get the five seed which means that they have to finish the year more strongly than the jets dolphins and the Chargers, then like. They can do that. Like, and, and I don't think I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they have a game against the jets. They have a game against the dolphins if The Patriots can win both of those games. I think that they could be in a good spot. Like this folks game is very, very winnable. They benched Matt Ryan. They're playing their second string quarterback. Like new England should win this one. I know we said that against the bears, but like the Patriots have to win this one and they're at home. Like all the ingredients are there when they come out of the bye. They have the Jets game, which is at home. Hopefully they'll win. And then they're in four primetime games in a row on the road against the Vikings, hosting the bills on the road against the Cardinals. And then on the road against the Raiders, the, those, that Vikings and bills game, not looking good. I would expect the Patriots to be back at, you know, 500 at that point, you know, six and six (laughs) after that stretch. And then it really comes down to like, what can they do against the Cardinals Raiders Bengals dolphins like that? next four-game stretch will dictate the season, which is obviously not a surprising thing to say. But, like, those are four very winnable games now. The Bengals are not looking great. The Raiders are terrible. That Dolphins game in New England should be winnable. And then hopefully the Patriots can be in a spot where, like maybe the bills are going to rest everyone in week 17 and or week 18 in Buffalo and, and like Mac Jones can beat like Matt Barkley or whoever their backup quarterback is these days, uh, case Keenum. And like, maybe I could see that. I, I could see a world where the bills are so secure in their spot that they're resting everyone. And like, that's how the the Patriots either sneak in or solidify that like they don't have to play Buffalo in the, like the playoffs. Um, and so this is a very, uh, reasonable stretch for the Patriots if they can come out beat this Colts team which they should uh, then I, I think that the Patriots are going to be in a very strong spot just to like refocus regroup get all of their key players back for after the bye week get as healthy as possible and, and take this team home
1: counterpoint to that Rich Hill if there's a scenario in week 18 where the Patriots are in a win and in situation and the Bills can keep them out of the playoffs with a with a beat with by beating them Zero chance they rest anybody. I think they're still very bitter for twenty years of getting slapped. <laughs> I just don't see that happening, but I'd love to believe it. But again, yeah, that is, that is end of December. I am getting way ahead of myself here. Colts <laughs> game coming up. Jonathan Taylor's their only offensive weapon. He's banged up. They have a brand new quarterback who's very weak. This should be an easy game. But again, if nothing else is true in the NFL in twenty twenty two, anybody can beat anybody at any time. Hopefully the Patriots are going to galvanize from this win. They're going to get some momentum coming off of Bill Belichick passing George Hallis on the number two all-time list. We've got a lot of good things coming up. Hopefully they can get a good week of practice, get an easy win, no injuries, get into the bye, get healthy, and make a strong push.
0: Totally, yeah. And this is a game against the the Colts where obviously Stefan Stephon Gilmore revenge game. But this is one of the worst offenses in the league. They have a pretty good defense, but a lot of it is just the product of who they've been able to play so far. I mean, this AFC South is continuously terrible. Uh, looking at just like the Colts schedule, they've tied the Texans. They lost to the Jaguars. They were shut out. Somehow they beat the Chiefs 20 to 17. <laughs> uh, and then they've only put, they haven't surpassed 17 points over the past five games, except for when they beat the Jaguars, which I don't think anyone would write home about. Um, and so this is just a not strong uh team, and so uh, yeah, we shall see what the Patriots can do. We will indeed. That's all I got for this one, Rich. I'm not sure everything else you want to talk
1: about, but bottom line, Pats beat the Jets, they've now won 13 straight against the Jets. That's the number one, uh, the biggest winning streak, along with the Broncos over uh, the Jaguars, I believe, but um. <laughs> Not exactly great company to be in, but again, a win's a win. A divisional win's a divisional win. And a row divisional win is that much sweeter, so I will take it. Yep,
0: absolutely. And so hopefully uh, they can keep this momentum going. And until next time, Alex, you have a good one.
1: You too, buddy. See ya. Later.